Well, here we are then. Pitch side at the county ground. Now, you'll have to excuse our late start. Um, don't blame me. Blame the Mayor of London and whoever else, whatever other idiots run the, uh, the funding of the M25. Because, quite frankly, today has been planes, trains and automobiles all the way round. It's not been fun. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, we're here. And we are pitch side. So, we're about to introduce you to our wonderful guests who are waiting for us pitch side. And I can see Helena Diaz-Butcher and Annie Colston all pitched up for us as I bowl up to them. So, right, let's do the hugs then. Hi, hi. How are we, Colston? Great to see you, Elaine. Hello. How are we? How are we? How are you? Not bad. It's right. Then. Let's get <laughs> let's get pitch side, shall we? Let's get oh, pitch side. No, no, no. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. In fact, come, come, come down this way. Come down this way, and we'll crack on. Um, so here we are then. So the small matter of Swindon Town Stevenage today. Plenty going on. Uh, there's myself, and there's Chris. How are you, Chris? Yeah, not too bad. It's been a interesting day. Yeah, you, you've had a real plane, trains, and automobiles yourself, haven't yeah. you? I mean, like no excuse. I've, I've only had the M25 to deal with. You've had rail and all kinds of carnage. But welcome. You're back in the yeah, county ground. How's it feel? It's nice to be back. Uh, it is. It's just the happy place. It's always the happy place. It is. Now we've just got to make sure that they let us actually get to our designated position. Oh, Sorry. Oh, mate, you're all right. All right. So, here we are. We're nearly there. Nearly very much there. So, so joining us pitch side then, we've got Helena Diaz-Butcher. How are you? Good, how are you? Assist Queen for Swindon Town Women's Football Club. And of course, Annie Colston. Hello. Goal scorer extraordinaire. 26 in 25 all competitions, do we think? I don't know anymore. Well, I've had a bit of a goal drought. Well, I'll you've just switched off. You've just switched off, have you? You've just switched off. Well, look, who would have thought at the start of the season tonight's opposition would have been chasing direct promotion whilst Town are left fighting over the scraps of pride, passion and belief? It's a funny old game football, none funnier than tonight as Luke Norris uh, pushes for life in League One, whilst Charlie Austin wasn't even guaranteed a place in the starting lineup. Now, we know that Norris isn't going to be playing tonight, but um, he's obviously injured and has been for a couple of weeks. But nonetheless, his Steve and his team have got it all riding on tonight. For them, tonight's almost like a blinking cup final. So, but look, before we dip into Steve and I want to take full advantage of having you wonderful ladies with us pitch side. So, um, Bit of a disappointment on Sunday against Cardiff, but at the same time, not. Decent side, Cardiff, aren't they? Really good. Yeah. It's an improvement. Last night was 6 2. Yeah. So one, we'll take, oh, if you told me before the game 1 0, I would have taken 1 0. But yeah. like during. Game got off to a disastrous start, though, didn't it? Yeah, that was what, it was an own goal. They didn't break us down at all. No. I, I think 1 0, like Lane said, if you said before the game 1 0, you, you would have been like, sweet, I'll take that. But I, in the game, I think that was harsh. So it was 1-0, literally, right at the very, 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 very start. And 1-0 was how it finished. Yeah. And it was interesting how Cardiff's women were very quick to jump on the bandwagon and say they dominated the game, they dominated possession nice. and this, that and the other. Even true. Well, ab absolutely right. And that's why we've got you here to, to basically put them back in their places. Yeah. Um, so, but obviously, listen, the, the, the season's almost there for you guys. That was the final home game of the season, albeit... It was at Cinder Lane. Would you have preferred to finish your uh, your season here at the County Ground or Foundation Park? That would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to. I would like to finish nice. it at the County Ground. But it's nice to nice. finish at Fairford as well because obviously we're not playing there next season. So yeah. it was obviously yeah. nice to finish there. And they've looked after you, haven't they, at Fairford? They've really yeah, they looked have. after you this season. Yeah. But 
it's one of those sort of things, isn't it? Like, I'm guessing, I mean, you tell me from a women's football club point of view, if you're really, really serious about pressing up the leagues, with all due respect to the lovely people at Fairford, you really need stages like what you've got here and stages like what you've got across the way there at Foundation Park, don't you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think playing at a stadium itself is, is for us, going to attract so many more players to say that you can come and play at the county ground for the home games and Foundation Park as well is a, is a great pitch to play on. Um, and obviously, thanks to Fairford for looking after us and Spike Steiner was absolutely yeah. amazing and will be I'll missed. They actually did tell me they were going to miss me. I was like, I'm going to miss you too. Spike, so you can't just want to stay there just so you can chow down. That's out. outrageous. Have you ever had a Spike's before? Look, don't come at me, all right? Just behind you. You've got the home of the chicken, leek and bacon pasty. Wow. Don't come at me with your spikes, Dinah, mind spikes you. Milkshake and, uh, oh, change, change ways. Listen, non-league have got it going on when it comes to the footy scran, let me tell you. <laughs> As you can tell, I've enjoyed my yeah. footy scran this season a little bit too much. Karen packing on about three stones since the start of the season. But anyway, listen, we're... Um, so, obviously, season's nearly done. Final game of the season. You've got one more left, have you not? One more. This one more. Day. Away from home. This Sunday, where are you at? Exeter. Exeter. Top of the league. They pretty yes. much... They've smashed it, haven't they, this season, in fairness. Yes. Um, how do you think, though, Exeter... I mean, I saw them earlier in the season. How do you think Exeter are going to fare the next league up? What's your gut feel? Because the gap's huge, isn't it, now? Every yeah. every league you, you ladies jump up, the gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger, doesn't it? Yeah, I sure. think they'll compete well with the bottom half. I don't know about the top half. Like, you know, I think they'll be all right against Plymouth. It's just... Uh, other teams. Oh yeah, I think for them as well, they've still got like their core players in their team as well, which obviously helps when you move up the leagues to have this sort of foundation with a few extra players. But I think they'll put up a fight, no, no doubt yeah, about definitely. that. But it'll be hard for them. Well, of the two of you, Annie, you've got experience right up the leagues. What, what, how far? If you were trying to manage the supporters' expectations, obviously the club are investing um, in the future of women's football here and investing significantly. Um, they want you to be a big part of it, and you as well, Lanes. Clearly, what what is it you think the just to sort of, if you were looking at it from a fan's point of view, what is it what is it you think needs to happen to the women's football club in order for it to compete and, and push up the league and then make another jump up again? How far how far off are you? And what do you think is required? Um, I mean, it, I'm not sure how far off we are. I think next season will be a big sort of tell sign in how we're doing. Um, again, like the more support we can get, the more it's going to drive the players uh, to do better for the fans and for themselves. So I think the bigger the support we can get, it will help us massively on the pitch and will help to then build the squad we have and go higher up the leagues. But it will be a tough challenge to get there next season and, and the season after that. Well, look, I spoke to I spoke to you both, you know, after the last home game um, over the way there against Portishead and. I think we were all fairly underwhelmed with the sort of turnout that day, weren't we? I mean, I guess it's a new phenomenon for the women's team that, you know, whilst we're trying to attract a certain type of supporter, the bulk of people that follow Swindon Town Football Club, obviously primarily at the moment follow the men's team, and their mood is going to basically be swayed on what's happening out on the pitch. So I'm kind of guessing a win tonight is kind of important for you guys, right? If you're going to want to take any kind of travelling support to Exeter. Exactly. That, I think that Portishead game was literally after they lost a stupid game, wasn't it? Yeah. So not a lot of people came, which you can understand. Football does ruin your mood. <laughs> well, let's call cool it as it is, standing here next to a Bristolian. It's Bristol, isn't it? It's, it's not the North Somerset coast, they're Bristolians. We all know it. We all know it. So, uh, well, we'll, we'll, 
we'll keep your club allegiance to ourselves for the time being, Colston. Thank you. All the while you're wearing that badge, you get you get you get an STFC pass, and uh, and you'll, we'll we'll make no more of it. But look, I'm going to um, you know, listen. We've got a big old task. The men, so as we as we turn around behind us, we look across this beautiful pitch, illuminated by the late evening Wiltshire sun. Um, we've got Connor Brown, we've got Solbrin and Steve Milner all warming up no further than about 10, 10, 20, 30 foot away from us. Um, Stephen, is an interesting one, Chris, isn't it? I'm gonna, I am going want your opinions, ladies, because it's quite, like I said, there's a lot of riding, there's a lot of riding on tonight's game. No, <laughs> don't you worry, don't you worry. So listen, I mean, Chris, Stephen is an interesting one. So obviously they slugged it out with Leighton Orient for top spot, the lion's share of the season. Um, but they yielded a place in the top two to Northampton in recent weeks. They've had a bit of a wobble around February time and it's that they haven't really recovered. They lost a critical game on on Saturday against Mansfield, which would have been a real kick in the uh, proverbials. And now they've got Stockport right on their heels. So anything but a win for them tonight in Wiltshire really does put the skids on a promotion push, doesn't it? Uh, it does today, basically. Uh, but a win, if, if Stevens were to win tonight, it would, um, it would probably put them in pole position to take that third spot. Yeah, bear in mind... Uh, Bradford, Carlisle, they're all... If Stevenage don't win tonight, it's literally a shootout with them all in the same points, near enough. All right. and, and, um, and it's getting tight up there, Chris, isn't it? Yeah. And Bradford, as well, looking at the last two games, they play Orient and Northampton, which is, uh, isn't a fair one, but this is a big game for Stevenage. And they, this is their game in hand as well, so they've got a game in hand over Stockport. They must win this. If they don't win it tonight, it's not the end of the world, but it really does get squeaky bum time, doesn't it? They lose any 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 cushion of comfort that they're they're enjoying at yeah. the moment, don't they? This is uh, well, this, this for them could could be the season. This is probably the most important game of the season for them, because if they don't if they don't get anything from this game, then they, they've certainly they, they've lost the ground that they've spent all season making up. Well, look, ladies. So the interesting thing, I'd love to get your opinion on this. Um, so Stevenage are famed for having the, the league's biggest shit house manager. Is the is the best way to put it? Yeah, it's Steve Evans. So we have a long history against Steve Evans. He's got a little bit of a hoodoo over us in recent times, um, but he's one of those um, one of those managers that you love to hate, um, and he's one of those managers that just seems to revel in the role of pantomime villain. Have either of you played for a manager that? you would describe in sort of similar terms and if so what's it like playing for people like that if you're a player or would you would you prefer just to pay for play for nicey nicey coaches nicey nicey managers do you, can you see that can you see the competitive advantage of a, having a shit house in the dugout i feel like there's a line yeah you don't want too nice but you, you want know. someone to pull you up if they think that you're not doing yeah. a good job you want to be told straight and i think as well in the in the women's game I think you want like the the directness. Like, if you're getting pulled off the pitch, you want to know why. If it's not going the the way that you want it to on the pitch, then you want some answers. As much as we have to figure it out on on the pitch ourselves, you want answers from the manager about what's not going right. I think, like Lane said, it's a nice balance to have someone nicely nicely, but also you need someone to put a foot up your backside when when you need to. And I guess obviously a big difference between women's the women's game at your level at the moment with all due respect and the men's game at this level is obviously the crowds. I mean Steve, Steve Evans obviously placed the pantomime villain to engineer an advantage by getting on the fans backs and creating an atmosphere that way but um, it's just, I'm guessing more often than not it's a different different kettle of fish. I mean so obviously managerial change of the women's team recently. What, what have you found to be the big differences between recently departed James Lally and incoming Mike Kirk? Obviously former men's manager at Chippenham, former men's manager at Gloucester. Um, 
what what would you say are the what the what the main differences that you've come across? Um, I would say training's a lot different. It's kind of gone from like zero to a hundred really quick. Right. You know, we are what intensity? Yeah, yeah. Mm. We are pushed in training. So we're all going to be really really fit next season, which will be lovely. I think that's what we need as well. What would you say? Um, like I said, it's just finding that balance. I think Lally and KP were like really sort of people, 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 do you know what I mean? Like yep. people first and then they, and it's hard to say that about Mike Yick, we don't really know him, yep. but I'm sure he will be as well. It's but I'm guessing, I mean, the, the, the big, the big difference, change. I'm guessing the big difference between the two is that obviously Mike's come in, he's, he's a salaried manager, whereas KP and, yeah. and James were, um, were clearly volunteers. So straight away, you know, there's going to be a bit of a it's difference pressure. there, isn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. I mean, um, but I mean, yeah, there's exactly that. I mean, it's not, um, you know, it's if, if if someone's putting money in his bank account, you know, money always brings a certain degree of pressure, doesn't it? And the investment I'm guessing they're making in a in a, in a manager at that level is, um, you know, is significant. I guess, you know, I mean, I, I, I interviewed Mike, with, uh, Mike Davis, his very first interview since he's been in the job, and he didn't come across as being a shithouse. So, um, but you're saying he's intense. He's no nonsense. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, that's fair to say, yeah. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Well, look, Chris, take us, take us back to, um, we'll go back into Stevens. We'll take a little look at the head-to-head. So this is the 16th meeting, believe it or not, between us and them. And we've gone from having a really, having a really like respectable record against them um, to suddenly, more recently, not having a particularly great record against them. So we, we've won nine, drew two, and lost five of all of those meetings. And the last meeting you'll recall, Chris, 8th of October was uh, Stevenage 2, Town nil at the Lamex Stadium. And um, Jordan Roberts, who we're expecting to be playing tonight, um, <clears throat> scored either, in either half from Danny Rose and Jamie Reid um, assists. So what's... Um, I mean, certainly from... Um, I mean, I, I always ask this question. I'm not a big believer in, in history and, and, and statistics, actually, on the night. Does it, But does history tell us anything, really? Is there going to be any kind of hoodoo, given the churn well, we have in the lower leagues these years? Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm much the same as you. I don't think it does, because history is a completely different set of players, a completely different set of circumstances. has no relevance on this game. Sometimes, it, it, the only relevance it might have is maybe in some, in some players' heads. But I wouldn't um, look at anything into... Uh, into the history and whatnot. I mean, with Stevenage as well, it could be that, you know, if you remember a couple of years ago, by rights, they were relegated. And, uh, and um, but yeah, by rights, they were relegated and um, and they might not have even got back up. So the way that things have changed, uh, certainly they've taken advantage of that reprieve. Well, as we've, as we've just been listening to your analysis there, Chris, we've had the team's end of the pitch and um, interesting absentee straight straight away is um, Johnny Williams, who we believe has been struggling. He's, he's not playing. No. Yeah, he's um, been struggling with a groin injury. So, um, uh, Tyree Shade's come in for him, actually, I think. Rightio. So, I've got so, my, my wonderful assistant, um, Ashley, is pulling up the team sheets as we speak. For those yeah. of you that haven't heard them, we'll be giving you the full rundown Shades. of the team sheets. So, Shade's, Shades come in for... Williams and who's the other one who's dropped out? Uh, uh, Hepburn Murphy's coming as well. Hepburn Murphy's Murphy. coming up yeah. top. Right, OK. Yeah. Well, there are some town links on the opposition's team today and they're interesting ones, very, very interesting ones. Because we mentioned him earlier. Um, Luke Norris, albeit he's not playing today, unfortunately. Yeah. He suffered a, a, a career-ending injury, a knee injury at the start of April. But um, one player who I really did like during his time here was uh, Jake Reeves, who was... Um, 
signed during the sort of Mark Cooper, Luke Williams era. Really uh, yeah. interesting, industrial, skillful midfielder. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, at the time, he just couldn't get a sniff. And, yeah, and, he, and he found himself disappearing off and, and clocking up the clocking up the games elsewhere. Um, Wimbledon, um, MK Dons, to mention just a couple. I can vaguely remember when he was here as well. He did look, look a very tidy player. Uh, but it was just it was just quite a numbers game more than anything. I'll tell you what is really interesting as we go looking for Mr. Reeves up the way there. So we're stood in the corner right now of the town end and the Arkles. And as we look up towards Stevenage, they're an absolute I mean they're a, they are all units, aren't yeah. they? You know, compared to Swindon Town, glance across the yeah. way there, and you've got Swindon Town looking like basically the team of tech, yeah. technicians we know they are, and then you've got a, a team of man mountains. Now, well, it was, it was, what Jody Morris in his press conference said, I would like to put a few players in the grow bag overnight. And uh, when you look at their team, you can see why he said that. Yeah, I mean, they're huge. But interestingly, going back to Jay Reeves, I think I can see him out there. Jay Reeves is not a unit by any no. way, shape or form. I think that's yeah. him over on the far right-hand side there. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll give you the lineups just as uh, Jay Hayden up in the DJ box starts bleating at the very, very top of his voice. And uh, in goal for Swindon Town, number one, Sol Brin. Um Right wing back is Romeo Hutton. Number four, uh, Tom Clayton. Number five, George McEachran. Number 12, we have um, Tom Brewitt. Number 15, Luke Jeffcott retains his place in the side. Number 16, Jake Kane retains his place in the side. Number 19, Rashawn Hepburn-Murphy comes into the side. Number 22, Marcel Lavinio is particularly impressive at the weekend. Retains his place. As does um, Saidu Khan in terms of retaining the captain's armband, wearing the number 23. And Tyrese Shade is wearing the number 28. On the bench tonight for Swindon Town, you've got number 25, sub-goalkeeper Connor Brand. Number 10, Ronan Darcy, who scored the late penalty against Wimbledon on Saturday. Number 11, Charlie Austin, of course, club captain and the individual that relinquished penalty duties for, uh, for uh, Ronan Darcy to score. We've got Dylan Cadgey wearing the number 21. Jake Wakelin drops to the bench wearing number 24. Harrison Minturn on the bench wearing a number 31. And Jackson Brown wearing 42 retains his place on the bench. So, a couple of surprises there, Chris. Are you surprised about Wakelin? Uh, I'm probably more surprised um, of Wakelin having a rest than I uh, certainly was because we knew Williams was carrying him off. So, that's not a massive surprise. But... Um, uh, Wakelin, um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to the game on, on the weekend, but it, it looked like he had a, a good game and he played very well last week against Bradford, so it's a surprise there. But at this stage, if you're rotating it and Hepler Murphy coming back in, it's just trying something a bit different. Chris, I think it's got to be a rest for Jake Wakelin. It has to be a rest yes. on the evidence of what I saw on Saturday. We finished the game right by the pitch side and um, Jake Wakelin was um, limping. I had a heavy, heavy limp. Looked like he's taken a big blow to his yeah. left ankle. So maybe that's just... Just a precautionary measure. Um, I can't envisage why having scored such a cracking header and puts in a, put in a performance that I described of pure guts and guile that he would find himself on the bench. But um, listen, we go back to we've got a special player profile in relation to Stevenish tonight because one of the players that signed for them um, in the January transfer window that really surprised me was perhaps a big indication that Stevenish are pushing the boat out and really gunning for it this year was Jake Forster Caskey. Now he's got a really interesting family lineage, lots of good quality yeah. DNA because he is the birth son of Darren Caskey, former England under-21 and Tottenham Hotspur midfielder. And he's also the stepson of former Brentford marksman, Nicky Forster and Charlton marksman, Nicky Forster, who of course played against us in that wonderful Stephen Derby playoff night back in 2010. Yeah. 
Interesting one, though. Um, Jake Forster Caskey took on his dad, his, both his dad and his stepdad's name because his stepdad, Nicky, has played such a huge role in his football development that he wanted to pay tribute to him and carry his name throughout his football career. So fair play to him. Um, but it's, it's very much not a Stevenage type player, as you would expect with a, yeah. a Steve Evans type player. But he brings a bit more guile and a bit more class than, than you expect from a team that um, are very, well, very robust, I think, is a an apt way to describe Stevenage. Yeah, I mean, so he's an interesting player because he can sit in, he can sit in front of the back four and he can basically play the kind of quarterback role. But he can also play in a more advanced attacking midfield role. So it's going to be interesting to see um, whether or not, um, or what what kind of role he's going to be playing tonight. And uh, while we're chuntering away in the background, we're just going to try and see if we can pull up the, um, going to try and see if we can pull up the Brentford lineup. Uh, sorry, Brentford, the Stevenage lineup. Let's talk about Brentford, talking about Nicky Foster. Um, <laughs> clearly um, allowing my brain to wander to days of yore. But no, really, really interesting player. So, former England junior cap. So, he's represented England at under-16 and under-21 level. He's got 14 England under-21 caps. At one point, Chris, he was looking like he was going to be one of the real hot prospects um, coming through the, um, the England youth ranks. And then his career just kind of petered out. I'll put this into perspective for you. When he was at Brighton, he was, um, he was contemporary with Solly March, of course. Solly yes, March yes, missed yes. the penalty in the FA Cup yeah. semi-final. But Solly March has really bloomed um, under De Zerbe's leadership at Brighton. So just to give you an idea of who his contemporaries are. So to find him now, with all of that England lineage, with all that kind of family DNA behind him, with all due respect, dropping down to League Two for a promotion battle. I mean, he's, I'm guessing he's going to be one of these players that will be absolutely devastated if he's got to spend another season in League Two. Oh, absolutely. And um, But then, it, it, again, it starts this. Who thought Stevens were going to be anywhere near this? I mean, Steve Evans, I mean, love him or hate him, and most people, obviously, uh, aren't his biggest fans. But he's, uh, he's done an absolutely outstanding job there. Got them organised. Sorry, mate. Go on, yeah. keep going. He's got them organised, and, um, and, they're, uh, and they're right up there. So, okay, well we've got the uh, we've got their lineup. So let's have a little rattle through it. As expected, they're uh, going to be playing in a four-three-three. Now, interestingly enough, we'll finish off our little profile about Forster Kasky um, because tonight he's not even made, oh he has made it onto the bench. Yeah. But they're lining up in a four-three-three, which I believe is pretty much how they've lined up from yeah. the weekend. So they've got Danny Rose um, up top. Um, they've got uh, Jamie uh, Jamie Reed. And they've got um, uh, Jordan Roberts, who we talked about in the front three. Then they've got Reeves, Gilby and Boswick making up their midfield three. Boswick's expected tonight to just be hovering in front of the back four in the absence of uh, Van Kooten. Um, and also with Forster Kasky sat on the bench tonight. Then they've got Smith, our old foe Pierre Gianni, um, Sweeney and Clark making up the back four. Now, interestingly, in goal... They've got a um, emergency, uh, yeah. it's emergency goal, isn't it? Emergency yeah. line, emergency signing. Timothy Jacques Orsel Latutala. Yeah. So he's a French under twenty and under nineteen international. He's got nearly twenty yeah. French junior caps. He's currently on loan from Hull, but he spent most of his youth career at Spurs, West Ham, and Brentford. Brentford do ever so well with their young goalkeepers, by the way. Oh. Um, uh, the I've forgotten his name now, but the lad that was at uh, Crawley earlier in the season, his name will occur to me. He um, went to Bristol Rovers, didn't he? Yeah. Um, was, I don't think he I just can't remember his name, but it was it was very uh, impressive. Well, look, if that if uh, Kasky, Forster Kasky does manage to get himself off the bench, um, just to kind of round that off, 
he's had loan spells at uh, uh, that lot at the A420. Yeah. He's been at MK Dons. He's been at Rotherham. He's got over 100 appearances for Charlton. And he's, as I say, he's dropped down to League Two quite clearly to see if he can get himself back into League One with this mob. Um, and on, on current form, the way the league table's looking, you probably expect that to happen. Um, three assists in 17 games since he's come to Stevenage. It's not massively positive, is it, when you consider how high up the leagues that he's played? So what I'm kind of what I'm kind of thinking is that um, it's probably not quite worked out for him yet. This move, has it really? Yeah, but they, uh, I think the, the way he plays and the way Stevenage play uh, isn't the, isn't probably the biggest uh, the biggest mix. Um, he, he plays a different type of game to how Steve Evans likes to play football. He's, he brings a different skill set. Well. At 28 years old, Chris, I certainly would expect, if he comes off that bench, just yeah. to say this segment's called a little bit of quality, yeah. we'd expect him to inject a little bit of quality. Well, listen, let's just walk you through to Stephen. If you're listening in, let's just walk you through to Stevenage um, current, currently form in reverse order. So at the weekend, they lost to Mansfield. Prior to that, they've beaten Doncaster and Wimbledon. Only slim margins, 1-0 and 2-1 respectively. Then they had three draws on the bounce that really have hurt them. And it's the Harleypool draw, the Colchester draw, that's kind of really sticks yeah. out as results that are going to, you know, their fans are going to be left kicking, their, they, kick, kicking they themselves. They generally struggled against uh, the poorer teams. Uh, games that they expect to have, have, have won, they, they just haven't been picking the necessary points up. Yeah, a respectable one-all draw against Northampton. A 1-0, uh, sorry, a 3-1 defeat to Salford. Again, another disappointing draw if you're them against Crew. A 3-1 win against Warsaw, well, let's be honest, they're not the greatest side in the world. Appreciate, you know, stones and glass houses and all that. Yeah. But then again, a 2-0 defeat to now freshly relegated Rochdale. So you can see where the wobble's been, can't you? I mean, they really, really have a bit of a wobble um, since February. Bottom 10 teams, um, they must be really disappointed with their return from, uh, from games against those teams in the bottom 10 or 11. Well, listen, as I said, I mean, let's let's just have a little look at their top scorers and headline makers, Chris. So, Luke Norris has played 43 games this season, scored 14 goals and two assists. But unfortunately, in the Colchester, Colchester United game, he's picked up a season-ending injury. So, as I say, he's here today, but we're expecting to see him up in the stands. Um, interesting one. He, <laughs> as uh, if, you, if you're watching this country, they'll say you never make a joke about Luke Norris. But let's be honest, there's plenty of jokes about Luke Norris told in these <laughs> In our three yeah. stands, Chris. Uh, very much so. He uh, wasn't the most popular. Well, in fact, I'm sure the stewards in the full yeah. stand. Let's, let's let's not mistake us for Oxford. Yeah. I'm sure the stewards in the full stand are telling jokes as well. Yeah. So um, that takes takes care of Luke Norris. But then Jamie Reid, who we said to watch out for, is obviously starting to expected to be on the right hand side today. 48 games played, 12 goals, six assists. Jordan Roberts is expected to be in behind him. 46 games, 11 goals, and two assists. And Jake Reid, we're expecting. Um, to have an impact tonight. 44 games, three goals, six assists. There is a long tail of goals and assists that make up the rest of the statistics that would mean that we'd be talking about Stevenage all blinking night right, yeah. should we choose to do that, which I don't want us to do. So we've gone for a 4-3-3, Chris, and it's looking like by the lineup that they picked, they've gone for a 4-3-3, Definitely. but they're also known to switch into a 4-4-2 diamond. So, um, again, I think that'll probably happen if they bring on Forster Kasky. Yeah. So, one to watch out for tonight. But, um, yeah, let's take a um, big miss for them tonight. It's a Guiana International, um, who I don't even believe has made the bench. Terence Van Kooten. I'll try and get confirmation for that for you shortly. I've not seen their subs yet. But Terence Van Kooten is a centre-back, but he can also play in that holding midfield role. 
which also has an impact on whether or not they play with that midfield diamond. Um, if he does come on, he is a goal threat. The guy knows where the back of the net is and he's a bit of a man mountain. So watch out for Terence Van Kooten if he does get involved. But just to round things off for uh, them, really. He's not on the bench. No, he's not even made the bench. Just to round things off then for, um, for Stevenage. So Stevenage, their run-ins are absolutely critical. So let's take a little look at um, Stevenage's running. Obviously, they've got us tonight at the county ground. They've got Grimsby and then they've got Barrow. So right behind them, and like I said, they've got a um, Stockport have got and no longer got. Um, have, oh, sorry, Stephen has got a game in hand over Stockport. Yeah. The Stockport have got Champions Orient. What is, I mean, would you would you be expected Orient now after the title celebrations to? Uh, I don't think they've actually won the title. Oh yes, they did. They won the title Saturday, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they won the so, title Saturday, so they're going to be on the feet, so, surely. Yeah, they are. So. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's certainly better to, to be playing them than a team that have got something to play for. And uh, and then they've got already, uh, well, math, still not mathematically confirmed yet, but pretty much relegated Hartlepool as well. So you've got to say that actually, although they've got to play the champions, you'd probably say that Stockport would be fa would be fancying themselves off of the back of that running. So a defeat for Stevenage here tonight would be an absolute catastrophe, Chris, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, well, for Stevenage's promotion hopes, it would, absolutely. Um, but... And then if but if they do win, then it's it, uh, it, it's near enough guaranteed. Well, it's not guaranteed. It's never guaranteed, but it would be not far off guaranteeing them that third promotion spot. So I mean, we're literally a matter of five or six feet away from the lads now as they're going through their warm-ups. And um, what we're reading from the body language, Chris, it all looks very positive out there. Smiles uh, galore. There's, there's yeah, plenty of zip. They're moving the ball about with uh, with ease, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, a couple. A couple of wins does a lot for your confidence as well uh, uh, from the last two games. So that's always good. But, I mean, it was an interesting one, Chris, wasn't it? So, obviously, I was there at the weekend. And I think the general consensus coming away from the ground was you couldn't really read too much into that game because there seemed to be this feeling that, I mean, I, I think Wimbledon, I think the statistic is Wimbledon's taken nine points from a possible 51. And there are accusations that the Wimbledon management have got their head in the, uh, have got their head in the sand. Um there's a, a lot of calls for managerial change. Towns yeah. former Maloney, Johnny Jackson, is not a popular man at the yeah, moment yeah. Um, down in Wimbledon. So the nature of Wimbledon's collapse, I think it's fair to call it that at the weekend, sort of demonstrated to me that, I mean, there were two, I mean, we, we weren't great on the day. We weren't great. It was just we took our chances and Wimbledon offered us plenty. But at the same time, Wimbledon was such a poor side and they still forced, uh, forced chances of their own, Chris. So, tonight's going to be an altogether different game, isn't it, bud? Uh, 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 well, be completely. But, um, obviously, the, the, the calendar here, Wimbledon have the worst record on this division. Sorry, I'm going to be okay. We've got the high vis on. I can't allow you on pitch side. All right, no worries. All right. So, as you probably heard, we've been given our... Uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're being eased away from pitch side. Um, but, listen, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up, Chris. Because, um, I think... We've got a uh, we've got a little trivia teaser um, to uh, finish off with. Now let's see who gets this one. So basically, we've got uh, where are we? Where are we? Right. Your first question, dear listeners. This is for your chance to win a limited edition Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge hoodie. It's from the New Range. It's our final one of the summer. And the first tip, the first uh, trivia teaser hint is this: I am a six foot one centre forward. A six foot one centre forward. So if you want to start taking your punts, do it now. Send them in via tweet, add them to the thread, um, or you can uh, go for a speaker request. 
It is deliberately vague, your first hint, as is always. So, six foot one, centre forward. So, your second, second trivia teaser is, I have also played for Bolton and Burnley. I've played for Bolton and Burnley. And in your final trivia teaser, I made my debut in 2006 as a 17-year-old. Who am I? So, just to rattle through that again, I'm a six foot one centre forward. I've also played for Bolton and Burnley. And I have made my debut in 2006 as a 17 year old. Who is that? Take a pump if you fancy it. Now, what I will say is that we've got a uh, individual. I'll give you one more little hint. This guy would probably be a big help to Jay Hayden up in the DJ's box. That's all I'm going to say to you. This guy could be, with his name, a big hint to Jay Hayden up in the DJ box. Now, you're not going to get any more hints from me. Despite the fact that I'm not on pitch duty today, we've got an increasingly large gaggle of security guards staring curiously at me. Um, so we're going to call it a day, and I'm going to go and make my explanations to these guys as to why I'm not going on the pitch with a mic tonight, but why we're running a show from pitch side. So um, take good care of yourselves. You've got the hints. Take a good guess. Try and win yourself a hoodie. Fire us over a tweet. Fire us over a speaker request. And we'll catch up with you all very soon. All being well, we'll see you pitch side again post-match for uh, the afters, afters where we've got interviews lined up with a few of the players. And uh, we will catch up with you all very, very soon. But for now, I'm Hannes. This is Chris. It's been a treat having you. And apologies again for the late start. You can blame Sadiq Khan and the M25. Take good care of yourselves. Come on, you Reds. Let's have a cheeky 3-1 win, shall we?